Welcome to Being Better Podcast, where we explore the things that make us happier, wiser, and more productive beings. Hi, my name is Julia, and I am your host. Every week, I take a concept, a technique, or a story to learn how it can make us better. I hope that this show can help you become the person you've always wanted to be. So, here we go. What's up everybody? Hello and welcome to the podcast. My job on this show is to find ways in which we can all become wiser, happier and healthier no matter what that means to you. No matter if you want to, for example, gain weight or lose weight or if you want to be more productive or if you actually want to work less or if you want to build new relationships or actually focus on working on the relationship you have with yourself or if you want to say yes more or maybe that you want to work on the ability to say no to people whatever improvement you are working on right now this podcast is here to help you along that journey so i am extremely happy you are here with me and that we can figure out what it is that we personally need but do all of that together And before I go on with the main discussion of this episode, let's for a second jump into the recommendation of the week segment in which I share something that has recently brought me joy or was pleasant or intriguing. And today I come to you with two recommendations actually. The first one is that uh, the past week I have been on a quick yet actually very very lovely trip to Berlin and I gotta say I loved the city. Um, not to get too much into it but my main highlights are all the amazing parks and running spots which the city is full of. I really have never seen so many parks that are so well maintained and taken care of and there are so many monuments and, and fountains in those parks so I loved that. Also, I loved the incredibly diverse culture of people from all walks of life, you know, speaking all different kinds of languages. And I had so many awesome conversations with actually like perfect strangers that have just, you know, made my day and inspired me to, you know, rethink the way I look at life. And I love when that happens. And also the last two incredible and awesome things about Berlin are the vintage and secondhand stores that are really ubiquitous and actually very, very well run. And of course, the last but certainly not least thing is all the vegan food. Berlin is one of the most vegan-friendly cities in the world and I have tried so many different cuisines and products which I never thought could be made vegan. So yeah, my first recommendation is to visit Berlin if that is possible for you right now or in the future for any or all reasons that I've mentioned here. And actually the other recommendation is completely different um, and that is Martin Short and Steve Martin's comedy special on Netflix. I've just stumbled upon it recently. I think actually, you know, when I come back from trips, I'm usually the next day, I am kind of, you know, just lazy and sitting in bed and actually even though I was resting, I was recovering and I just, I decided to play something on Netflix and I've just stumbled upon it. And I'm not really like a big comedy 
person, but I thought, why not? I like Steve Martin. So I decided to click on it and I loved it. I laughed out loud, which does not happen often. And I've been so impressed by these two comedians who, you know, they have done this for over 40 years, I think, or like 30, and are still crazy hilarious. And their jokes are still relatable. And because they are great friends from what I've understood uh, from that show you know their chemistry on stage gives everything such a wholesome vibe that it's hard not to enjoy it so yeah go to the episode description to find a link to that comedy special on Netflix I think I believe it was called an evening you will forget for the rest of your life which I guess it's a funny name. And yeah, I guess after you watch that, go and buy yourself a ticket to Berlin if you are, you know, wondering where to go on a trip, but only if that is possible for you right now. And yeah, get vaccinated if you want to go because that helps a lot. And now finally, let's get into the main part of this episode, which will be all about confirmation bias and also its impact on our worldview. And I know that, you know, chances are you've heard about confirmation bias before and maybe even noticed its effect in your own life and your own actions once. But very often is that, you know, after that, and that was the case with me, after I first heard about it, I never thought of it again, because it is incredibly easy to forget about it, even if you find um, this topic very interesting, as I do. These different cognitive biases are part of our instinct, you know, so just learning about them, I think is not enough to become free of their influence. But Let's actually start at the beginning and talk about what confirmation bias is. So the thing is, we all like to think that we are able to, you know, make judgments and decisions about the world in an objective and logical way. For example, we like to think that our position about whether we should welcome immigrants or not is based on our objective judgment of different arguments about, well, this topic. We generally consider ourselves to be logical thinkers, but that is not necessarily the case because of, you know, the way our brains store and process information. In everyday life, we are exposed to huge amounts of information. And of course, that information differs from person to person because, you know, it goes without saying that we don't experience life the same way. And in order for your brain to make sense of the world that you live in and process all of this information, it will use filters and mental shortcuts. Shortcuts that come from, you know, thoughts like this moving, dancing red substance that glows and generates heat. It's not something I think I should touch with my bare hand and it's probably something dangerous. And every time you will look at, you know, fire again, you will not have to think about all of that because you have created this shortcut that will spark past memory. You have created a shortcut, you know, a pathway that connects the image of fire with the response, do not touch and, you know, danger. And these kinds of shortcuts are incredibly effective and useful because that filter will optimize information processing. It will make you think quicker and from 
an evolutionary standpoint, that is the goal. If you think faster, you can react faster, you will hunt better, and you will become more likely to escape danger. But using these labels, these shortcuts, as the main tool of our information processing has led us to develop a tendency. A tendency to automatically assume that they are right and they are true and only collect information that supports these shortcuts. For example, during election season, why do we only tend to look for information that paints our favored politician in a good light? And at the same time, we look for and remember information that presents the opposite party in a negative way. I mean, regardless of what kind of political views you hold, it's probably unlikely that you would, you know, Google negative information about the politicians you support. Or another example, when I am watching sports, like, I don't know, football or soccer, I've noticed that, you know, when the referee judges that my team committed a foul, I'm highly motivated to find reasons why he or she is wrong. But if they judge that the other team committed a foul, you know, awesome, then I often think what a fair and righteous judge, you know, good call, and maybe let's not examine that too closely. And that is a great example of confirmation bias, which by the official definition is our tendency to selectively look for and process information that supports rather than rejects our assumptions and preconceptions, no matter if they are actually true or not in reality. It typically works when we interpret evidence to confirm our existing beliefs while rejecting or ignoring any conflicting data. And the thing with confirmation bias is that not only does it affect the way we selectively gather information, but on top of that, it also affects the way we process and remember that collected data. Because we also ignore information that disputes our expectations. We are more likely to remember and therefore repeat, you know, kind of stereotype consistent information that we already think about, and to forget or ignore stereotype inconsistent information, which is one way that stereotypes are maintained even in the face of disconfirming evidence. For example, um, if you learn that your new Canadian friend hates hockey and actually loves sailing, or that your new Mexican friend hates spicy food actually and loves rap music, you are less likely to remember this new stereotype inconsistent information. And you would be more excited and therefore more likely to remember if that new friend confirmed your opinion on what kinds of people Canadians or Mexicans are. So this is confirmation bias. But you might be wondering why I am talking about this. And, you know, wouldn't they teach about it at school if it really was something, you know, we should know and think about and something bad? And the answer to that is that while decades ago, confirmation bias was not really something important, I would say, because it was harder to put yourself in a bubble of information and people only confirming your worldview. And at some point, you were always met with people you disagreed with. 
Now, in fact, in 2021, it's very easy to surround yourself solely with the things, media, and the people you only agree with. And that is thanks to social media and that is thanks to, you know, Google's personalized search and the algorithms they are based on. For example, I think I read somewhere that a couple of people were asked to search for the word Egypt on Google. And these two people who were, you know, interested in different things got two very different results on the first page. The first person results revolved around topics like travel and news and the other person's results included links to information on the, you know, then ongoing Egyptian revolution and terrorist attacks and kind of very um, controversial information about Egypt. So confirmation bias, even though it's a natural instinct of ours and that helps us learn faster, actually mostly has negative effects. And the first one and the one that is the most visible right now in 2021 is, you know, the polarization of the society, the us versus them mentality. Because thanks to Google and thanks to social media and thanks to just, you know, the way the world works right now, we have created a bubble of the people that we agree with and we are surrounded only by, you know, the information that we think is the only truth, that we think everything else has to not be true because everything is confirming, you know, the people that we talk with agree with our opinions, so, you know, they must be true. And anyone else who thinks otherwise has to be wrong and we are not met with these people and when we eventually are met with them there's so much conflict and we make these tribes you know the right and the left the vegans versus the omnivores and religious people versus the atheists and we only focus on what our tribe has to say and because our tribe is confirming our ideas, we forget that there are people who disagree. And actually, you know, when in 2016, the Democrats were so, so surprised when Donald Trump won the elections, only because all of the people they met were Democrats. And they thought that, you know, that's the whole society hates him, right? So how did he win? And that was a surprise because they did not realize how much people are there that have different views. So if we actually are met with people who have different views than ours, we are more likely to consider what they have to say and be more tolerant. And another thing when it comes to confirmation bias is that we tend to remember only the things that we agree with, that agree with what we already think. And therefore, our memory is really not reliable. We only remember the things we want to remember for any given reason. For example, if I think that all police people are bad people, um, I am only going to remember the times that, you know, the policeman was a dick to me and I will not remember all the times that 
a police person was nice to me and was actually helpful and made me feel safe. I will not focus on these kind of situations. I will only remember the time when I was stopped by the police and he was mean to me and he would not just let me go. And this is why confirmation bias makes our memory not reliable. And some people say that you know, our personality is only our memory. So you can say that confirmation bias makes our personality actually not true in a sense. And then another effect of the confirmation bias is that it's all about the first impression. I mean, we decide what we think of a person when we first meet them, and it's highly unlikely that we change our minds about them later. Because after that initial meeting, we will only look for the information about them that confirms our judgment. So we all know that a job interview is very important or that a first date is very important. And we know that because we know that if a person sees someone and sees that they are dressed a certain way or that they, you know, shook their hand a certain way or they smelled a certain way when you first met them, and then they will not change their minds about them. We remember that oh when I first met you you know there was some goo in your nose and you looked funny and we will always remember that and actually think about that that could not be the case if confirmation bias was not such a big factor in the way we judge and make decisions about people and therefore another effect of confirmation bias is that we are less tolerant and less open-minded about people because we have that first initial impression of someone and that you know that first impression may not always be good because you know shit happens and sometimes if you meet a person for example if as a kid your house was robbed by you know a black person and that was your first impression and then you stick with that initial first impression and make judgments about you know black people and then you stick with them because you only look for the arguments that confirm your worldview you're going to be less tolerant because that first impression will just stick with you for the rest of your life and that will make you well you know less tolerant and lastly i think a big part of why confirmation bias is so bad that it does not allow us to improve you don't know your faults and therefore you don't know what you can work on you are wrong and you will not know that you are wrong because you only look for the arguments that support the fact that you know you are wrong confirmation bias prevents you from improving because you will just not know your weaknesses you don't know what you don't know People are not going to be looking for ways they are wrong because they don't think they're wrong. I hope that you know what I mean here. If you don't know where you are wrong, you will not be able to improve. So facing these weaknesses is very important when it comes to improving. So yeah, the bottom line is that all of us, because we all do this, we are all wired to the thing using mental shortcuts and I have to be honest and say that I also have stuck with first impressions of people that may not be fair and I am not free of confirmation bias even though I would really love to. So we all tend to weigh evidence that supports our beliefs to a greater degree than evidence that will contradict them. Everyone is biased and it is just you know a part of human nature 
our brains are subject to limitations and if we want to act free of confirmation bias, we need to make conscious effort in order to minimize its impact. And that is definitely, you know, easier said than done, but it is possible. Um, for instance, one way of doing this is to be humble and accept that you might not be right and be okay with not being right. And also, we need to work on the sense of self-worth and think that, you know, the fact that you are right or wrong should not be tied to how you value yourself. So you are able to say, hmm, looks like I might be wrong here. And that doesn't mean that I'm bad or I'm stupid. I'm just wrong and I can improve thanks to knowing that I'm wrong. Another thing that you can do is actively look for information outside of your regular circles and be curious. Check out the news from a different news station or a different newspaper or, you know, something that you wouldn't regularly look for. Or, I don't know, if you are an atheist and you have trouble understanding, you know, Christians, find some pages on Instagram and see what's is that they're all about and maybe there are some ways in which you used to be wrong about them and also i think what is helpful what has been helpful to me is not using labels you know when you don't use labels when you're not a democrat nor you are a republican you can agree and disagree with both and you will not feel bad when you realize that you've been wrong about a particular topic or person because you are allowed i feel like if we stick with those labels you know i am a democrat and then then i will feel very protective about my truths because there's a whole group of people that have these same values as me so if i you know were to realize that we all have been wrong i would feel like a traitor and if you don't use these labels if you don't stick you know religiously with one of these two groups then you are able to accept that i agree with this and i agree with that and i don't have to choose one side and agree with everything they say but i think most of all what we need is not as much about the instructions in logical thinking or rhetoric or probability or economics as much as it is about that we need to want to learn and we need to want to find the truth above all else we need to get comfortable with you know being in search and learn how to feel proud instead of ashamed when we notice we might have been wrong. I mean, if you realize that you have been wrong, you should feel that good for me, that I have noticed my mistakes and I had the courage to face these mistakes. And I have to learn how to be okay with that because that will only make me a better decision maker because making a good judgment and making accurate predictions and decisions is mostly about the mindset we are in and if we are willing to confront the fact that we may be wrong and the people outside of our tribe may be right and maybe that they can actually teach me something very valuable and the thing with fighting confirmation bias is that you know it's not enough to simply just acknowledge that they are there. It's not enough to acknowledge that we have cognitive biases. Education alone will not combat, you know, confirmation bias. I think I, you and we all need to 
puts you know the search for truth and the search for improvement and learning above all else and think that this is the priority and I think when we do that it will be easier to be okay with being wrong so that is all about confirmation bias I have noticed it in my own actions a lot and I am working on being better at it but I'm certainly not perfect and I would love to learn more about what you think about it and if you notice you know it in your own actions or that maybe actually you are great at not sticking to your own initial judgments and if you think that you are good at that then definitely also let me know you can let me know on instagram it's at beingbetter.pod or using our email which you can find in the episode description and now i want to move on to the inside of this week and it is going to be kind of it's something that i want to have as a disclaimer on this show because i have recently noticed more and more that people think that oh julia you do this so great and you are an inspiring person and and i i feel so grateful for that that i can inspire someone but i really don't want to be seen as a perfect person and i recently experienced some imposter syndrome about you know using a tone and being put as a teacher um because on the show i don't see myself as a teacher more like a person that also is on their journey and that likes to share what they found and i really want that to be clear you know i am not an expert in any kind of field i have a lot of different experiences that maybe a lot of people don't have when it comes to you know sport and wellness and psychology and different kinds of things like that so i would love i love sharing my knowledge and i love to be of help and i love when my journey can inspire and motivate others to do the same and to also work on our weaknesses and i feel like this is something that i am extremely grateful for and I, every time someone says that I helped them in some kind of way, I am very happy about that. However, I want to have a disclaimer that, you know, I am not a... I don't want to be a teacher. I don't want to be an expert. and I don't want to be a preacher. I don't want to tell people what they should do because that just puts pressure on myself I feel like I put pressure on myself that I should know these things and I should not struggle with you know mental health and and practices if I if I talk about them on the podcast and I think I recently experienced that kind of pressure and you know going through harder situations and and going through you know periods of doubt which I don't like I'm still, I would say, a very happy person. This is not like my confession that I secretly, you know, go through depression or any kind of serious mental health illness, which I think that it's completely fine if you do that. But I think I'm in a good place. However, I put pressure on myself that I should be in a great place with myself if I if I am the host of the Being Better podcast. But I want to say and share with all of you that, you know, I am just a friend 
that shares with my other friends because I consider all of you listeners my friends I share just what I found on my journey to be healthier happier and wiser like I say at the beginning of the episode I do not have it all figured out and yeah this podcast is simply a place to share my ideas while I am going through the ups and the downs on my own journey and I feel extremely privileged to share that and I feel privileged that I can be um, that I can be a source of advice for anyone and I feel like it's a privilege just you know my own life and my own journey um, the fact that I have you know enough resources for the equipment and and all the technical aspects and I have enough resources to have the time to think about you know what makes us healthier happier and wiser it is just a whole thing it's a very big privilege and I want to say that I acknowledge that and I'm extremely grateful for that and I'm also extremely grateful for each and every one of you who listens to this show it really really makes me so happy that we have this lovely community of people who just you know want to be better and I think at the end of the day it's great that you are taking action and that you are investing in yourself and investing time to listen to this podcast and and hopefully also take my advice when it comes to taking action and doing different practices and I hope that this podcast inspires you to do that. So thank you so much for listening and I love you and you look lovely and you are a great person and a worthwhile and you are worthy of so much more and you are worthy of the love you give to other people. I love you so much and I'll speak to you very, very soon. is edited and produced by Julia Spohr. If you want to learn more, visit the website attached in the episode description or visit our Instagram page, which you can find in the episode description or at beingbetter.pod. If you want to support the show, there are a couple of ways to do that. The first one, the best one, and the most effective one is just to tell your friends, your family, your enemies, and just people who you think might enjoy the show that you like it and why they might like it as well. You can also share it on your social media platforms. Another way to support us is to write a review, rate, and subscribe to the podcast because that helps with the algorithm and that helps new listeners find the show as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I will speak to you in the next one.